What up, Slackers? I'm Matt. And I'm Jesse. We're the host of American Slacker, a weekly show that discusses the weirdest in world events. We cover UFC, the latest in technology, Xbox games, entertainment, and music reviews. We have conversations with musicians, actors, filmmakers, and other interesting guests. Twist one up or crack one open with us every Monday to start your work week off right. That's it. There you go. Hello, dear listeners. What up? How's everyone doing? Thank you all for joining us again on this delightful day. I don't know if it's a delightful day where you're listening. It's a delightful day here, though. Really nice, actually. Bloody lovely. How's, how's your week been, Toph? Haven't, haven't seen you in a while. I've been filling out forms, which is just the... It's, my, it's actually my idea of hell, filling yeah. out forms. But, you know, employment has its benefits. Oh, yeah. Salary and that. I guess. But unemployment also has its benefits. Oh, unemployment's great. Because more time to yeah. do nothing. But no I mean, there's that to... one There's that one little thing, isn't there? <laughs> yeah. uh, so what else did you get up to this week? Did you go to the movies? I have been to the movies. What did you catch? I saw Darkest Hour. Ah, yes. I'm not going to see that because historical period. Historical period gonna... piece. You just put a line through it. <laughs> How was it? Uh, pretty good. Would you? Should I watch it? No, because nah. it's a period piece. Yeah, that's so what I figured. <laughs> doesn't matter what it is. It could the... be it could be Star Wars in period piece, and you'd be like not interested. Oh, I must say though, have you have you ever read William Shakespeare's Star Wars? I have not. Yeah, they're actually pretty great. Technically, Star Wars is a period piece. Long, that's true because it is set a long, long, long time, time ago. ago. Uh, I of course also saw The Shape of Water. I can't wait to talk to you about it because I mean. As everyone knows, I, I don't get to talk to you about these until we hit record, mm. and I hate that. The, the much-hyped Shape of Water. Much-hyped. I was reading an article the other day that they're expecting this to take the record for most Oscar noms. Really? Yeah. Well, I mean, think because all of the technical nominations all the technicals it's going to get. There. It'll get acting nominations. Yeah. Alessandra Desplot is definitely getting well, an Well, Alexander Desplot gets nominated every year. Well, he, he should win And he's a gun. He's a gun. The, yeah. I, I mean... Let's stop talking. Let's actually talk about the movie for a second. Yep. Um, What's it about, Billy? All right. So The Shape of Water is the story of a mute girl, Eliza, uh, living in the early 60s, who is a janitor at a scientific lab, I guess, who falls in love with an experiment there who's a giant... He's not an experiment. Dude. Well, he's an asset. He's, they've captured him they and they are, they are studying him to an extent, I guess, and she falls in love with him. And... That's kind of a broad overview of it. Yeah, set in early 60s. It's 62, I believe 62, they actually say. It? Yeah, yeah. So during the whole kind of Cold War, so there's lots of kind of, you know, Yanks are fighting the Russians and Russians are fighting the Yanks and fish people are roaming about the land. They are. As no. they did in 62. No giant robots. No giant robots. No giant robots. Thankfully, because I thought Pacific Rim was a turd. Well, the second one comes out later this year, so m- maybe we'll have to do an episode on that. <laughs> Can you pay for my ticket? Because I don't want to give that thing my money. See, but this is the thing about Guillermo del Toro. This guy made Pacific Rim, and and then he made Pan's Labyrinth. Like, well, Pan's Labyrinth first. But he, the spectrum, like his range of direction, he goes all the way from full-on art house to full-on, you know... Popcorn just, fair. Re- yeah, yeah, exactly. What I really liked about this movie is I felt that this fit pretty neatly in the middle of the two. I thought it was it was artsy enough but approachable for the general moviegoer. Yeah, I agree. Like, I 
even if it's like not my favourite Del Toro film, at this point, if someone said, what's a Del Toro film like? Yeah. This might be what I would tell him to watch. I would definitely say so. This is like his love letter to cinema. Like he's just, I mean, he knows what he's doing. This, he, he owns his craft. And do you know how much this movie cost? I do not. This is an extremely low budget movie. Well, I mean, it's going to sound a lot when you say We it. couldn't afford it. 20 million. You should see Topher's face because if if you know much about filmmaking, I mean these days that's a low said, that's budget. barely above indie well, these days. Well, that's what I, was, I mean. So the fact that he was able to get this product out for that amount, you could make fifteen Justice Leagues. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> for, and for why this. would you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I was uh, listening to an interview that he did with Baz Luhrmann of all people who was talking to him about the, Our mate the Baz. this film yeah Aussies Baz <laughs> we all know each other <laughs> yeah it's a very small place I used to pass him on my kangaroo on the way to work oh yeah, yeah. he had a good model kangaroo didn't he <laughs> and Guillermo was talking about how because he started out as an indie filmmaker he just you know you don't think about money you just think about oh yeah I'm sure I can do that and that's kind of the approach he took with this movie and it's Pretty amazing. And it is amazing because it's a gorgeous looking movie. Well, that's what I was going to say. Straight up, let's talk about the art design and the, the visuals of this movie because um, this will get nominated for all the technical awards and from what I've seen, it, sh- it should win. The art design in this film is stunning. The design of the creature itself, even just the colour palette of the film, the entire film has a real green tinge to it. And again, I was listening to Guillermo talk about that. It kind of evokes that kind of oceany feel but blue is too cold for a romance, which is why he went with yeah. green. And the entire film, like literally almost every scene is just popping with green. Mm. Oh, Jesus, it is a good-looking movie. It just looks absolutely beautiful. The cinematography in this movie is amazing. As a cameraman, when you watch something like this... I cry. Yeah, does it just inspire you to no, like... No, quite the opposite. I go, I'm rubbish and I will never amount to anything. <laughs> well, let me ask you this, because the cinematography in this movie was amazing. Agreed. It, it was incredible. I know that for years you've been championing Deacons, and, and I know that you think this is his year. After seeing The Shape of Water, do you still think... I still feel that, in terms of the Oscars, I yeah. still think that Deacons will win this year because I think it's going to be one of those, He's this is beyond win. a joke, Yeah, he needs one. In my absolute heart of hearts, I actually think that Dunkirk should win. Right, see, because I thought that the cinematography, as we've spoken about in our uh, best of episode, I did think that the cinematography in that was outstanding, but I think that this is better. This, I thought, visually, this is a feast for the eyes. Oh, it's so good. Like, everything about the visuals in this movie, all the way from the cinematography to the visual effects, the way those two things blend together, I thought was just outstanding. So, what did you think of the creature design? Because the creature is obviously a large part of this movie. I really liked the creature. Yeah. So they did take, as, as, as I understand it, they did take fairly direct inspiration from Creature from the Black Lagoon to the extent that Michael Shannon's character, the one who's kind of enslaved this poor thing, yeah. actually says that they found him in a river in South America, which yes, is where do. the yeah. Black Lagoon is. Of course, yeah. So there's a nice little kind of nod uh, in that direction. Um, but it's great. Do you, do you know or do you have a guess as to whether the eyes a part of the costume or whether, whether that was practical or the way that the blinks worked. I'm inclined to think that that had to be CG 
I, to be honest, I'm not sure. The blend was so good that I couldn't tell you. There were there were scenes where I was obviously like, okay, so his skin, for example, I was sure was practical. Yep. Especially... Because um, it's, it's a guy that's worked with Del Toro a bunch. Yeah. In Hellboy, he plays yeah, an, I believe. Aqu- an aquatic type thing. Yeah. And in Pan's Labyrinth, he's the something else. Yeah, I believe he's often a monstery type, yeah. you know. There were definitely parts that I could tell were practical. But the blend was so good that I I couldn't... I'm almost certain that the eyes were CG because how do they... The way that the blinks worked was pretty crazy. If they're part of the suit, then, geez, props to whoever made that. Yeah. Well, I mean, props to them anyway. Well, yeah, whoever's (laughs) responsible for it. Um, Billy and Topher say, well done. Well done. Yeah, no, the creature design I thought was really very cool. Um, He was kind of human enough without being in any way human. You know, humanoid, like obviously he's got a torso and limbs, but there was nothing kind of humanistic about him. So the rest of the cast, fantastic. Yeah, I... um Sally Hawkins, I don't think I've really seen her in much. Uh, you know, I recently saw Paddington 2. I know that she's the mum in that. <laughs> Apart from that, I don't... What else has she been kicking around in? Um, I know she got an Oscar nomination a few years back for... I think she was nominated anyway for Blue Jasmine. She, she was spectacular. Phenomenal. Um, she's so good. I mean, so she plays a mute, obviously. So no dialogue for the entire movie. And yet the emotion that she gets across... Um, you know, there's that scene where she's giving that big speech about why she wants to help this fish creature and she's almost like, well, you know, he, he's a fish. Does that make him not a man? You know, I, I can't talk. Does that make me not a, not a human? And, the, like, the amount of emotion she gets across in that speech, I felt for her because I'm like, can you imagine not being able to shout at someone? Like, if someone's not listening to you, how frustrating would that be to not be able to just shout at them and make them listen and you could see that in her eyes when she's trying to furiously sign at him i just thought that was brilliant so that's one of the because a bunch of the time in the film they subtitle what she's signing yes but in that scene she makes him repeat has to repeat it back did that work for you or did it seem like this is just a device to be able to tell you what she's saying it was definitely a device definitely but i was all right with it because i kind of understood her motivation for it it's a way to make sure that he's listening to her is to have him repeat it back however i do yeah i agree Mm. that because that is one of the very few times that they don't subtitle her it almost worked for me him saying it back but not quite like she because her performance is so good that I, I don't think I needed it. I think if she was just signing and there were subtitles there... It would have been enough for I you. think it would have been fine. Yeah, that said, though, I thought his performance was so good too that I was, I was happy to hear him say more words. <laughs> yeah. I, I would watch a spin-off series just about him, just kicking around, making some art. He, he was great in this movie. And there's more like Michael Stuhlbarg is in there being yeah. typically great michael shannon's in there michael being typically great octavia spencer she was the standout for me i um yeah i actually don't think i've ever seen her in anything else all oh, right yeah and from the trailers for this i was not expecting to enjoy her i was like oh they're re- they're really gonna sass her up you know like she's gonna be a, a little bit too sassy she's well, a- she was very sassy in the movie but for me it just worked i just thought she was great yeah and she's kind of a the character is this cool mix of two of her previous roles in the help and in Hidden Figures. Yep. At one point in the film, Michael Shannon actually says, I can't believe I'm talking to talking the, help. the help. Yeah, <laughs> And there's, like, there's little... almost a wink about <laughs> yeah. it, but not quite. And also, one of the first scenes we have with her, she's cleaning a big-ass jet propulsion yes. engine, 
of course, a year or two ago in Hidden Figures. And, like, it could almost be, it could, in fact, it could easily be really kind of, it's like, yeah, uh, we know. But it's actually, I, th- I found it kind of cool. Well, Guillermo has this way of doing this stuff. Like, almost this entire movie is a throwback to other movies. You know, like, it's it's all throwing, harking back to those old monster movies of the 30s. And there's so many times where these characters are watching TV and they're watching an old monster movie from the 30s or something. And it, ju- it just works for me. I, I thought it was really cool. One uh, interesting thing about the film in the age of Trump and Weinstein, yeah. you've got this film where... You've got a woman sleeping with a monster, but it's a good thing. Yeah. And you've got a Russian agent interfering in US government business. As a good thing. But you're cheering for him. Yeah, he's the good guy. (laughs) Yeah. And then you've got Michael Shannon, you know, like fetishizing women who are completely silent. Um, You know, just like everything about him is so wanting the big fast car. You know, like he's literally a representation of America at that time. And he's the bad guy. And he's he's a character who is both rotten and literally rotting. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. And those fingers, man, like the way he just kept like randomly sniffing them at times and they just get progressively like darker and darker and you're like oh yuck he's nasty yeah he's well nasty (laughs) now here's a question for you because there's a lot of stuff online at the moment about how weird this movie is did you find this a weird movie no not at all i didn't find this weird at all i i found it to be honest it was pretty predictable i kind of saw where it was heading at least halfway through at least it's it's almost like a fairy tale it's very traditional you know like to me what i saw in this movie was like yes it throws back to a lot of monster movies but to me this was like beauty this was like a modern version of beauty and the beast yeah, but with more it's fish fucking a really accessible film yeah it's it's very very easy to watch you know and obviously there's a couple of kind of things in there that are different you know it's very rare to have a lead character who is mute and things like that or who sleeps with an aquatic creature or yeah or who literally fucks a fish and you see it on screen <laughs> <laughs> uh, speaking of which i loved the scene too as she was explaining to octavia so spencer good. how that worked that was like, so good where is this guy's dick like <laughs> where is his fish dick octavia spencer's eyes yeah. are just a global treasure the amount yeah. she could do by just how wide they are I at know. any point in time <laughs> is so good and yeah when she's when she's saying so what did you get up to last night yeah <laughs> it's like uh you did what <laughs> but how does that work <laughs> but yeah to me this was this was like very much you know, like Beauty and the Beast or The Little Mermaid. Like it was even the way that the story's framed around Richard Jenkins kind of narrating it almost like a fairy tale. To me, that's what this was more reminiscent of. Mm. And it's not even the first kind of monster movie romance that we've had. You know, things like The Fly, even Twilight, which is a turd. Haven't seen it. Don't is, intend to. Well, it's, you know, in principle, it's not that different to this. Girl falls in love with a monster. Mm. Like, so I don't think it's that weird of a concept or I do know that there are sparkles he does yeah he sparkles I know that much about it instead of like melting in the daylight he sparkles Ah, (laughs) non-traditional weirder than this (laughs) (laughs) I did I I read somewhere that when that uh, that Del Toro first pitched the movie to Sally Hawkins Mm -hmm. at the 2014 Golden Globes but like I think afterwards, well, it could have been during. He said he was well, he was like well drunk, yeah. so it could have been during because it's the Globes. But yeah, he like pitched this thing to her just off chops, <laughs> and, was, and he said being that drunk, it made it seem even weirder. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to explain like you 
And a fish. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess, you know, looking at the synopsis of this film, I could understand how you might expect it to be weird, thinking oh, she falls in love with a fish. But when you're actually sitting there and you're watching it, it just kind of felt natural and, yeah, I, I was into it. There's a plotline which, in terms of the story, I could probably do without it, that being Richard Jenkins' character at the pie shop. At the pie shop. Yeah. The thing that works for it is this is the, the juxtaposition between the creature and the guy that works there, who on the surface is this really desirable guy, but who underneath it turns out is a racist homophobe. Yes. Whereas the creature, of course, who looks like the creature, yeah, but yeah. as we know is this good-hearted yeah. monster. Who does eat cats. <laughs> does eat cats, but cats are pretty evil. Oh, yeah, I'd kill a cat. Yeah, see? <laughs> well, cut that out. <laughs> oh, see, I, I quite enjoyed that whole thing because for me it was also something linking Richard Jenkins. Um, I mean, all the characters in this film I felt were quite linked together. You know, like I said, that speech she's giving about how, you know, I'm a mute, does that make me less human? You know, Octavia Spencer is this black woman in the 60s is she less of a human richard jenkins is this as far as michael shannon's character is concerned absolutely exactly you know like richard jenkins is this is this gay guy who's being you know put down by this other guy is he any less of a human you know so for me that really worked because it just tied all of them together they're all underdogs you know Mm. they're all i liked that character in the pie shop i just thought the sequences itself occasionally kind of sucked the momentum out of the story oh see i kind of liked it and i, I liked the kind of little humor that added too you know that's that scene where he first Opens takes Sally Hawkins, yeah, yeah and he's just got just you know pies for days full of pies <laughs> because yep. these pies are terrible but he's going there anyway i quite enjoyed that now as as we said the music in this movie is outstanding you know it's almost i, I was reading an interview with alexandre desplat Alexander Desplant. Desplant. Thank you very much. Oh, Desplant. <laughs> he should do a film with Claudia Cavan. Cavan. <laughs> um, about how he almost wanted it to be like a musical without singing. And it's amazing how much that came across. Mm. You know, like you can almost hear the characters' voices in that theme music. And no matter how many times that theme music played, I enjoyed it. You know, I would have been happy if he had just written that one piece and it played for the entire film. you got this cool little things like where Sally Hawkins' character's walking down the hallway kind of doing the dance moves and stuff. And yeah, yeah, it is kind of... There's a couple of sequences in the film where you are like teetering on the brink of it being a musical. That's right. The timing of this, I thought, was... You know, like, so we spoke briefly once. I can't remember what it was, but we spoke a little bit about Baby Driver and how... So I don't know if you know this, but they actually cut that entire on thing set. on set yeah. to make sure that it would time to the music. Yes, yeah, amazing. It is. But I think this did a better job of that. I think in terms of fitting in with that music and the timing of it, this was really really good like it it was very flowing nothing in this movie was a jarring cut everything kind of just seamlessly meandered from one scene to the next one shot to the next and i think the music was a huge part of that right so i guess the question that everybody's asking would you fuck the fish (laughs) i wouldn't you wouldn't no call me a (laughs) close-minded what about a mermaid is it the fish with the legs of a lady or is it a lady with a regular mermaid, not a reverse mermaid? You'd have to get me pretty drunk. You're a close-minded bigot. That's what I'm saying. I'm with Michael Shannon. Well, where, where do you draw the line? What about a centaur? I draw the line at human. Yeah. That's, that's where mine ends. Wouldn't venture outside um, it. What were your thoughts on... 
the sex scenes because I was talking to a friend who was actually like could have done without them didn't think they added anything I thought that in some ways it kind of took away from their relationship because it was about more than that so she didn't like it at all what were your thoughts on it because I was I just I thought it felt quite natural as I said yeah I actually think that's a reasonable point that it kind of diminishes. That you could have done without it because it was already such a tender relationship and everything. But yeah. then again, it is if you take away the fact that it's the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, it's a kind. It's a fairly traditional love story. It is, and so and in to that me sense, also, there's nothing strange about it. Yeah, and to me also, that was more about she still the, fucked a fish. She did, but to me, that was more about in some ways their loneliness as well. You know, like, obviously they did have a very tender relationship aside from the sex. And, well, I guess we're going to talk about the ending here. What was your take on the ending? Because there's so many different ways you could read it. So what happens at the end is Michael Shannon shoots Eliza, Sally Hawkins. Fishman, who we've discovered is able to heal people. He was able to make Richard Jenkins' hair come back and, you know... He cures himself of a couple of himself. wounds. He picks her up, they jump into the river, and he gives her gills... Because the reason she's mute is that she's an orphan. She was found by the river with slashes in her neck and her voice box is gone. And he gives her gills. Now, my question is, did he give her gills? Or were, or they, all, restore? were they always gills that someone thought were slashes and sewed up by accident? Or is she dead? And Richard Jenkins is just telling us that ending is a kind of like, oh, yeah, it's a fairy tale. That's one of the things I loved about this film was that this, even though it and seems it is, quite simple, it is a, like it's a fantasy, it's a fairy tale. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, I like the yeah, she's from the river. Yeah, idea. I, I I like that too. I I was just into it. I never for a second thought that maybe um, she had actually died and Richard Jenkins Jenkins was just being nice to us until my wife said that after the movie, and I was like, oh. No, I, I was just so into it that I was like, yep, this is what's happening. I'm watching reality right now. I just thought it was um, beautiful. I didn't cry. What? I didn't cry in this movie. You soulless <laughs> dog, you. But I, I loved it. I totally liked it. That's what I was expecting. Yesterday, because you, you watched this before me. Yep. And as always, I was trying to get you out of like, oh, what did you think? You know, thumbs up, thumbs down. You thought that we would be similar, but not that far off. And, and what I thought that meant was that we would both think it was good. But I, I thought, like, I'm going to guess that you gave it a six. You are wrong. I'm wrong. I bet it's slightly higher than that. Then maybe a seven. I'm a seven. Uh, well, you're going to be shocked here. This this was a ten for me. Really? I, like, of the movies I've seen so far in 2018, this is my standout. Yeah, and right. I, I will be surprised. So far in 2018. Both... <laughs> the two weeks we've had of it. <laughs> I will be surprised if by the end of this year, this isn't still in my top five. Yeah, cool. I think that Shape of Water debuted at the Venice Film Festival last year. Yeah, that sounds correct. And I mean, yeah, people have been going crazy about this since it first got shown. Yeah. I totally get why people absolutely love it, and I totally like it. Mm. Um, It just, for the reasons that some films work for you more than others, with that chemical makeup of everyone's brain... It clearly didn't land for me the same yeah. way it did, and that's what I was. Ex- that's what I was expecting. I like as soon as I finished watching it, I knew that I would like it a lot more than you. See, because I'm a romantic at heart. Like you give me a romance, I'm in, and I love fairy tales. Like so, this just combined everything. And and from the path you were leading me down before, you're quite open to non-human relations. Oh, that's oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> take, yeah. I'll fuck a fish. <laughs> <laughs> And I also love cinema. And this entire movie is a love letter 
to the movies you know everything. how good is that shot when she walks into the cinema and, and he's just standing there, there? Watching, oh it man. is such a good shot the the cinematography the the set pieces everything about this movie was so gorgeous and that shot i was like oh man i i could just frame a picture of that shot hang it up like it was so good when we had that conversation yesterday and i figured that yeah okay he thinks that we'll probably both think it's good but not great i was like Yep, that's probably what I'll think. Mm. But loved it. My expectation was that I would love it. Mm. I went in, I try not to go in to any film you yeah. know, with too much expectation, but just with what certain people had said about this film already and how I tend to line up with this person or that person. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't help the fact that my expectation was that I was going to be just absolutely into this film. And yeah, yeah let's not pretend like I'm way... like. I really liked it. Yeah, yeah. So for you, um, you know, like comparing this to, say, Pan's Labyrinth, yep. which is very hard to compare them because they're very different films, you enjoy that more? I would have Pan's Labyrinth edging out this year. Yeah. And both of them are very long way ahead of Pacific Rim. <laughs> <laughs> which I got tricked into watching. A mate of mine who listens, you know who you are. He was like, have you seen it? I was like, nah, not interested. And he was like, no, 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 it's really, really good. I was like, okay, damn you. <laughs> God, I hated that. So how are you feeling about 2018 so far after this and, and three billboards? I'm Yeah, I'm on a good run because I liked Darkest Hour. It's not great, but it's yeah. good. And, yeah, I think Gary Oldman will just stroll in for the Oscar. Yeah. Um, well, he won the um, he won the Globe, of course. Yeah. Thanked Winston Churchill. He'll Probably win. the first time anyone's ever thanked Winston <laughs> Churchill in years. He'll win the BAFTA because he's British. Yep. You didn't watch the Globes, did you? No. Do you know any of the winners? Yeah. Your thoughts? That's the Globes. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone's drunk. <laughs> I, think, I think every year at the Globes there's at least one... La La Land Moonlight moment, and everyone's just like, oh, fuck it. Yeah, we'll just let it ride. Like, was it was it last year when um, Aaron Taylor-Johnson? That sounds like a familiar name. I think name. Aaron Taylor-Johnson is who I'm talking about. Like, when he won Sporting Actor a year or two back, and everyone was like, he was nominated? <laughs> 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 uh, just go with it. <laughs> I mean, there was some def... I can't believe that Florida Project didn't get a single nomination outside of Defoe. We could we could be part of the Globes. We're, we're foreign. We could be part of the Hollywood foreign press. Yeah. And then if we got up on stage, they would play the music after 10 seconds and kick us off because foreign people can't talk for as long as, as Americans. Well, no, but we'd just be voting. Maybe we should vote. We'll just email it in next year. <laughs> <laughs> Unsolicited votes from Bears Golden on Film. Golden at globes.com. <laughs> Dear Globies, love the Bears. But actually that wouldn't work because we wouldn't. there's no way known to God we'd be able to agree on no, what we were voting for. That's true. So it would have to be Billy and Topher separate. We'd have to go separately. Separate ones. Yeah. <laughs> also, send us some screeners. Oh, yes, To please. all the studios out there. We'd love some screeners. We'd really like some screeners. <laughs> if you have screeners and you want to sponsor us. <laughs> yeah. Hell, if you've just got some old DVDs. Oh, yeah, we'll take some DVDs. Send them over. I still have a DVD Mate, collection. I'll tell you what, if you run a blockbuster, if you're that, that one guy who still runs a blockbuster, let us know. We'll come in and rent some movies. You will not. <laughs> I will too. I love the video store. So we both recommend Shape of Water. Yes. I definitely think that if you're out there and you haven't seen it yet, you should go watch it. What are we talking about next week? Molly's Game? I believe that is correct. How are you feeling about that? So now we really have to get to it. Yeah. <laughs> How are you feeling about Molly's Game? Oddly I know enough, that you're a Sorkin I'm a Sorkin fan. nut. 
Yeah. On the strength of specifically the trailer. See, but I know that you like Bryce not, Dallas Howard. I'm not though. that. <laughs> <laughs> Bryce Dallas Howard, who was fantastic in Zero Dark Thirty. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I think Jessica Chastain is an absolute boss. Yeah, I love her. Yeah. I love Idris Elba. Yeah. I love Aaron Sorkin. Yeah. And yet, my expectations for this film, which. As I've said, I try not to have. Clearly, I'm not very good at it. No, you're terrible at it. <laughs> um, well, I'm, I'm excited to not see that it. that high. So I'm excited to talk about it. I'm that expecting next week. it to be completely competent, but yeah, at least now I can be just, you know, nicely surprised. What's your favourite Sorkin screenplay? Any given episode of West Wing. Right. I thought you were going to say that. <laughs> Should have known. <laughs> and by that, I mean the Sorkin years. Actually, no, the first three and a half seasons, as soon as re election happens in season four. And that was still Sorkin at that point, no, wasn't it? Yep. Yeah. yeah. But then, oh, what would be my favourite? I loved The Social Network. It'd be a toss-up between Social Network and A Few Good Men. Have not seen A Few Good Men. You animal. (laughs) (laughs) I'll get to it. I'll get to it when I watch No Country for Old Men. I'll watch all the men's. All of them. (laughs) The old ones, the good ones. (laughs) The bad and the ugly. Right, well, that's us for this week. If you want to um, get in touch with us, you can do that at bearsonfilmmailbag at gmail.com. You can um, find us on Twitter at bearsonfilmpod, Facebook at bearsonfilmpodcast, Instagram at bearsonfilmpodcast, or you can find us at bearsonfilm.net. As always, be sure to tell a friend about the show, give us a rating on iTunes. Yeah, and just go watch a movie. Thanks for joining us, everyone. Catches. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. I see the potential for basically like another Netflix kind of paradigm shift where here comes this other major player. They have a ton of resources. Apple could change the way that entertainment is consumed. They say it's the only time this year that you'll have stars from each brand battling each other. And we know it's not going to be the case, but they like to say that and more power to them, I guess. Well, it's a big first step bringing all those superheroes together. There were definitely some parts of the movie that I that I really enjoyed. And then there were some parts that I thought just kind of fell short of expectation. Part of it has to be something to do with how it's being promoted. And this is a thing where audiences do not agree with critics. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Every week on the Podcast Radio Network and Apple Podcasts. And over a dozen of your favorite streaming and podcasting options.